How's it, everybody? Welcome back for this week's episode. You're here with me, Nick. As always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Ronnie. How's it? So, Ronnie, lacquer weekend. I was back in Hearties there with Linza and Ashley at the Nut and Owl. The Nut and Owl? A, a very regular spot for me. A regular watering hole? Yeah, so we had a lacquer time. We made some kebabs or societies in the pizza oven this time. It was pretty lacquer. Well, it's good. What did you get up to this weekend? I had a braai with a good friend, Shane, and that was very nice. Did you braai or did Shane braai? I braied. You braied. What did you braai? No, I made my specialty. I braied a babuti. Babuti. Yes, see, hey? Well, on that note, your boy Gus Creevy getting his 100th this weekend. Yeah, very good to see. I was very chuffed for him. Yeah, very, very chuffed. Very presumptuous of them to, uh, you know, he, had, he wasn't starting, but they made him run out before. First, yeah. yeah. They actually gave him much less game time than I anticipated, but shout out to the big man, Los Pumas' first test centurion. Yeah, and his understudy, Julian Montoya. Well, I don't know. If, yeah, well, I suppose understudy in terms 88 of test caps. Yeah. So he's almost there as well. He's on the verge. He's on the verge too. So yeah, that was a, a lack of game. I watched that on Saturday night. Uh, first things, actually, because the game was so late, you know, I'm a bit of a bully. So Linza and I, we went up to the Mug and Bean there by the petrol station to get some coffees. And Mug and Bean has it written in there. Total Pekinwood Mug and Bean on the go. Second runner up. Ronnie, what the bloody hell is a second runner up? Yeah, well, if you finish in the top three, you would know. Yeah, I normally finish first. So I don't have to bother with anything no, else. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Are we in agreement that that means third place? It's just a silly Yeah, of course. Don't you watch place. Miss Universe or Miss World ever? They get first and second right That up. also makes sense because what is Miss Universe and Miss World? What's the difference? What well, could possibly be the difference? You introduce aliens when you talk about the universe. <laughs> yeah, well, then onto the game. So that one kicked off quite late, 10 past 9. Box coming away, 24-13 victors. It didn't look like that was going to be the score, hey, Ronnie? Yeah, it didn't look like that was going to be the score. 10-3 down at half time. Yeah, very, very sloppy first half from the Springboks. Marnie missing a number of kicks. It looked like we were trying to force it a little bit too much at the start, you know. We weren't really getting ourselves or getting control of the game. Spent a lot of time in their 22. We weren't converting it to points. And Rusty said something at half time. Yeah, Russ Narber definitely fired them up at half time and, and it seemed to work. But yeah, a little bit worrying for Mani. Mani does seem to struggle with kicking less than 30 meters. Yeah, it's definitely a worry with the World Cup. Ronnie and I will be getting onto the squads after we've discussed this weekend's games. But it is a worry that we can't convert those points. It was 12 or 15 points left on the field. And in the first half, those were points that really were counting because the Los Pumas were putting heavy pressure on us. Or every kick counts. And, and, that's, and that is worrisome. I mean... Today, we did talk about, we were a little bit concerned about Marnie and his kicking, and then Altus, don't like that guy because he always wins the money in the money pools, but Altus did point out that Marnie's got some BMT and was able to kick the Stormers, uh, you know, to beat to beat Munster, right, in the, in the death of the game. And I just thought, yeah, well, the BMT is one thing, but you actually do need somebody that's going to consistently tick over the clock uh, put points on the board and we need somebody that's an 80 percent plus kicker yeah it's definitely a concern for the box you know there are other kickers in the squad but we don't have that big name you know kicker that you can rely on but then you look at this game there were some statements from players that really needed to make statements of intention i thought mapimpi had a great game but kane and moody kane and moody he was 
involved in everything. He was everywhere. I mean, his his running with the ball was phenomenal. His tackling was phenomenal. He just was relentless. Reminding me a bit of J.P. Peterson. If you're a big fan of J.P. Big fan of J.P. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Gaiden is definitely one of the great finds, recent finds, and he's so young still, right? So he's going to be there for the next 10 years, which is great to see, and I'm sure he's going to score a lot of tries in the Springbok jersey. Yeah, talking about tries, how was that cross kick from Marnie perfectly into Kanan's hands for a try? No, beautiful, right? But small margins, right? Because had that gone just over his over his head, we would have all been like, oh, why, why, why? But, yeah, you know, great. Came off well. So kudos to, to Marnie for having the guts to, to, to go after that. Yeah, I think, you know, Marnie definitely lacks in the kicking for posts department, but that man can distribute a rugby ball and get a backline going, you know. He can pull off those cross kicks. I have full confidence in his ability in those areas. It's just the kicking that, that remains. No, I'm fully with you there. Marnie plays is a very exciting 10, and we spoke about elements of, of Richie Moonga's game that he likes to emulate, and it's just the kicking that worries me a bit. So maybe if you can get his kicking up to scratch between now and the World Cup, I'll feel a lot better. Yeah, also interesting for me in this game was that Dion Fareed didn't get a shot at hooker. I thought he might have gotten the bench roll for that. He's still untested at international level in the two jersey. And then Herschel Yankees came on and he really impressed me. Absolutely, I agree. More than a year he's been in the squad without getting any game time. Didn't skip a beat when he came on. Stuck in, he was really on point pushing the coaches, you know, saying, here I am, I haven't gone anywhere, don't forget about me. Combining well with our 10s and 15s. Exactly. And I mean, with Herschel, then you saw the, the Stormers attacking threat of Herschel, Marnie and Damien gelling quite nicely. How much of a hot stepper was Damien this weekend? Yeah, but he's always a hot stepper, right? So he's very difficult to tackle and it's, he's, very, he's very light, imagine. Like he's, not, he's not big and bulky, although he seems to apply his trade quite well at inside center, which requires a bit of that. But he's just such a hot stepper, it's very difficult to tackle with. But I think his performance in this game shows that with a bit of space, he's much better. And once again, proving he really isn't a 10. Isn't a 10. Yeah. So, I agree. And I'm just going to go back to why Bone Barrett should not be a 10. Because <laughs> given the additional space, they are dangerous. Yeah, Ronnie, I have to concede this point to you after what I've seen from them this year. So. I'll finally two and a half seasons in or into the third season and I will I will concede that point in your favour. For our buddy Shane that's listening, you heard it, chap. <laughs> yeah, Ronnie. So I think from the Springbok point, they'll be happy with what they got out of that game. Managed to keep some momentum with a win, but they also got to test out some final combinations. Also a lot of other rugby on this weekend, Ronnie. Did you catch any of the other games? Yeah, it was it was almost too much rugby. If there is such a thing. If there is such a thing. We came very close, but not quite. So we'll start with the, the late night game there. Kicking off at 11pm was Uruguay hosting Namibia. Coming off 26-18 victors. Tough like Namibia. Yeah, probably the only pick I got 100% right on Superbrew this whole weekend. What do you mean when you say 100% right? 100% right. Exact score. On the money. On the money. Save my ass because the rest was a shit show. Okay. Then we had Ireland, 33-17 Italy. Ireland getting a good solid win there over the Italians. Yeah, absolutely. Then Romania, they went down 17-31 to the USA, which surprised me a little bit considering the USA is not in the World Cup. They're not in the World Cup, but they're very unlucky to not be in the World Cup, right? So they didn't fire when it really mattered most. And uh, they lost out to their spot after a draw to 
to to Chile. So yeah, look, I I picked that one right. I saw a whole bunch of you guys back Romania, but yeah, fortunately you don't know as much as I do. <laughs> well, there you go, Ronnie. And then the surprise result of the weekend possibly was a twenty points to nine win for Wales over England. Best Welsh game we've seen in years. Yeah, I could say that again. Best Welsh game we've had in years. Couldn't agree. And there's nothing better than beating the English, right? Yeah, nothing better than seeing the English lose, let's say that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so Wales came out firing massive performance from their forwards. They really put on a hard shift. And especially after they'd struggled so much in the Six Nations. Looks like being put in that room with all the crying babies really paid off. <laughs> yeah, that is one way to test your players. Yeah. So, yeah, Gatlin will be quite happy with that. Borthwick, much less so. Where does that put these guys looking at the World Cup, Ronnie? Uh, in Pool C and D. Not too concerned <laughs> about that side. I'm worried about Pool A and B and the results thereof. But, yeah, look, Wales, we know it's, it's difficult to play Wales and they tend to do a lot better in the World Cup than they do between the World Cups. And we, we saw that in 2019 when we faced them in semi-final. You don't want to face Wales. They're going to grind. It's going to be a real grind. You're going to struggle. England, very haphazard. I'd be concerned if I was an English supporter. Especially with the side of the draw that they're on. Especially since they left, they let, let Eddie Jones go. Yeah. And brought in the, uh, the great Steve Borthwick. And they can't seem to pull it off. Yep, they're struggling to gel there. But talking about then the pools that we're concerned with, Ronnie. Scotland, who are in our pool, and France hosts and in New Zealand's pool, potential quarterfinal opponents. They went down to Scotland in Murrayfield 25-21. Yeah, so I think for me, the most telling or the most surprising thing from that is that the French couldn't score in the second half. Yeah, you big know, surprise. What, what big was back from Scotland. What was the score there that you said? 25-21. So, you know, they scored two, the French scored 21 points in the first half and then could Nothing. not do anything after that. And, and YouTuber brought out a video about the brilliant attacking... Um, what's the word? Prowess. Prowess. If I'm using that correctly, the brilliant attacking prowess of, of the Scots. But in that second half, they proved that they could defend as well. Yep, they definitely did. Darcy Graham having another great game. Yo, I knew when I saw him score trials, like, oh, Nick's going to bring that up for the party <laughs> podcast. But yeah, Scotland really, really had a good game. Look, it was a bit of a watered down French team, but you can't speak to that. I mean, Paul Willemse was there. There was a number of players involved in that game. And this will give Scotland a big momentum boost ahead of the World Cup. And it's also going to be a bit of a wake-up call for the French. So it's a win-win for both of them, I think. I, I would agree with you there, Ronald. Then Japan, they went down 12-35 to Fiji. I did not expect no. that. My Super Brew pick was the opposite. Yeah, I also didn't expect that. You know, But it just goes to show that those, the Pacific Island nations are stepping it up. Yeah, and that's something that should be worrying the likes of England, Australia, Wallabies and Argentina for those quarterfinal spots. Absolutely. And then... New Zealand, they just managed to squeak home a 23-20 win over the Wallabies. Yes, I missed that game and I actually regret doing so because I think if had I, had I watched it, Karma would have helped the Wallabies actually win that one. Because what, they were 17-3 down, the, the Wallabies were 73-up, right? Yeah. Uh, at halftime. Correct. And then the All Blacks just took it up to a whole new level. Yeah, and tellingly, Richie Moonga introduced to the fray and suddenly that All Blacks back line started having its no, strings great correctly. No, he's absolutely, he's a good, he knows how to run a back one. So yeah, Eddie won't be happy with that loss. That would have been the, the big statement victory that he needed. Getting one over on the All Blacks is all the statement you need. 
Then last one of the weekend, also an early morning game, Samoa 34, Tonga 9. Bit surprised at the Tonga loss, although they did have seven injuries in the squad. Yeah, I was also surprised by that because obviously we know about all the players that have made their way over to the Tonga team. Yeah, they were pull it off, but you're right, injuries seem to have played a role there. Yeah, and I think not only were they not able to pull it off, it's quite a lopsided victory in favour of Samoa. It doesn't look like much of a contest. Very much so. So, Ronnie, with that out the way, today was a big day for all of us. Are we, we getting on to it now? We're getting on to it now. So, I'm going to pull out my notes. paper. My notes. <laughs> so, everyone will know by now, you know, Springbok squad was announced. 33 players going to France. Some very heartbroken players and families out there as well. We think of them. They got us to this point. They're just as much members of the Springbok squad. And, you know, absolute respect to them. They gave it all. And they must be credited for where the team is now, hey, Ronnie? Definitely. And we definitely need to give a moment of silence for our fallen soldiers. I'm not sure if that works really much, very well on a podcast. But yeah, look, Pollard, Blurt, injured, not coming with. Bit of a surprise in all three fronts. Yeah, bit of a surprise. It was your Lucanio Ama. I'm going to take some days to get over that one. Very, very shocked at his omission. Obviously, there are, are things we're going to dissect the squad quite nicely, so we'll get onto that as we come to, to the fly-half and center berths. But, Ronnie, let's take a look then at props, both loose head and tight head. So we have Steven Kitsoff, He's there. Trevin Yakane going to his third World Cup. Oxen Chair at his first World Cup. And then you got Franz Malherbe at his third and Vincent Koch at his second World Cup. So five props taken in total. It's two specialist tight heads, two specialist loose heads and Trevor to cover both. Yes, we spoke about this. Bit of a surprise for both of us. We thought that Thomas the Tank would also make it. It's also somebody that can ply his trade on both sides of the scrum. But yeah, it looks like they, they're happy to go with five props and and have Trevor switch between whichever side he's needed. Uh, a bit of a surprise, but look, they made up for it in other positions, possibly selecting additional Lucy's. We'll get there. Uh, I mean, aside from Thomas the Toy not coming with no real surprises. Yeah, I think I'm very shocked that they didn't take Thomas. Not one of you, me, or Belinda when selecting our squads only selected five props. We all thought there would be six. And you know, something on the training ground here, and you're going to struggle at practice. That that was my thinking in selecting the, the sixth prop. You know, players that have featured for the box that are not involved anymore. Ntutuku Mchunu. Vilku Lowe and Kuni Ustes. And so those are three players that were used in the last four years, not really considered. Other two that were involved, Gerard Stienkamp, Thomas de Toy, both of them on standby for the World Cup. Thomas will be traveling with the squad for the Wales and the All Blacks games, Gerard Stienkamp remaining in South Africa. What do you make of that standby for those two? Yeah, I'm still 100% sure how the standby team or team list works. I, I think we can get into that maybe a little bit later when we talk about Pollard again, or maybe we'll bring it up then. But yeah, it's, it just doesn't quite, I don't quite understand it. Yeah, I think the standby list means, you know, they can't go on for an off season now. They need to remain fit. They need to keep in training and probably link up with their provincial squads to keep a match sharp in case they need it for the World Cup. I would imagine that that's, that's sort of the look at it. But yeah, I mean, obvious, obvious selections there to to the standby squad. standby squad. Then, Ronnie, let's take a look at the hookers. The box only opting for two hookers and Malcolm Marks and Bongi Mbonambi. Joseph Dweber on the standby list. Yeah, so those two hookers are going to play a lot of rugby. 
Yeah, right. they're gonna. Yeah, basically, what you're saying here is one of the two of them is definitely going to be involved in every game, and on the occasion we'll get to him under the utility forwards. But Dion Ferry might rotate in there. Could potentially, but like you've mentioned, he hasn't played hooker at international level, and Correct. he's been. He's even hasn't been playing hooker at a provincial level either. So uh, it's question marks because. We cannot honestly expect Malcolm Marks and Bongi to play every single game from now until the end of October. No, for sure not. That's that's much too much rugby for them. But, you know, the squad has been named, but that doesn't mean to say that we can't use these standby players in the Wales and All Blacks games. So that could still be used to rotate in and, and provide them with some rest. Remember, the squad is only technically in effect from the World Cup. All right. So... I know you selected Joseph Dweber in the squad that you picked for the World Cup. Yeah. You thought the specialist took it was necessary. I left him out, and I'm going to go as far as to say, out of all the members of the squad, I felt like Joseph Dweber was the one for me that I was really on the fence about. He hadn't convinced me he deserved the spot at yeah. the World Cup. No, he showed promise. Just didn't shoot the lights out. Yeah. And that's the reality. I think, I think he can possibly blame himself. Uh, for his omission. You know, watched him in British and Irish Lions, right? They came across here. He just, he was big, he was a unit, he was physical, but he didn't shoot the lights out. Yeah, I have to agree with you there, Ronnie. But of the all three hookers that were used in the last cycle, two of them making the cut there. Then we go over to Locke. So four specialist locks have been chosen, Ronnie. Eben Etzebeth makes his third World Cup appearance for the box. Erke, the Viking snowman. This is his second World Cup. Marvin Ori going to his first World Cup. And Jean Klein, his second World Cup, but first with the Springboks. He was in Japan with Ireland in 2019. I'm stoked to see all of them. I obviously didn't see the Lurt's omission coming, so I picked Lurt. But uh, in the absence of Lurt, I think Jean Klein, fantastic. It is, for me, three very physical locks. And uh, and a specialist, aerial specialist with Marvin Ori. But uh, I'm sure that those locks can apply their trades yeah, as well. Then we've got Frank Wibolstift. Yeah, to kind of provide that utility cover. And in theory, at a real push, we've got Peter Steftitoy, who originally started at lock. But yeah, look. So it's interesting for me that Diaka's left out. So he's got a chest problem. Not much clarity given on that, but I understand he does need to see a specialist. So Lurt is out. You've now got Jean Klein. He's got some World Cup experience. It'll be a completely different way and outlook for the team that he's now involved with. But I mean, he was brought back with a purpose, like you said, Ronnie. And yeah, Jean Klein making the cut for the Springboks. Yeah, I just thought to myself as well, in, in, I selected him in my squad. And the reason I just said is Rassi, Rassi and Jacques didn't bring him all the way from Ireland, you know, and severing his chances of making it into the Irish squad to not take him along with the Springboks. So uh, I'm glad he's selected. I wonder if Lewitt's submission has anything to do with it. But I'd like to think that John Klein deserves to be there because he is, he is a physical presence. Yeah, so I'd actually gone and predicted John Klein's inclusion over Lewitt with my squad announcement. I just felt like Lewitt didn't really impress against the All Blacks. They'd obviously brought Klein with a purpose and Clan really stood up for me in the chances that he did get this year. Then Ronnie, over to the loose forwards. So this is quite a stacked bunch of loose forwards. Sia Khaleesi is there. He will be captaining the side. His third tournament. Peter Steftatoy, also his third tournament. 
Dwayne Thor for Mullen, third tournament, Quacha Smith, Jasper Visa, and Marku Eskom von Staden rounds them out. Yeah, great. So, look, I think for me, we just need to ask ourselves, is Sia Kulisi absolutely ready and ready to go? Is he fit to play? Probably not just yet. He's still got a couple of weeks on him. But wouldn't that mean we should we have said the same about and Pollard? But look, Sia, glad he's going regardless. Whether he's injured or not, he has to be there, right? Yeah, I think it'll be quite telling to see what sort of game time Sia gets against Wales or the All Blacks. Because then you really could ask the question, you know, why were Pollard and and I'm not given the same opportunities. But I'm very happy with this. Neither of us expected Marku van Staden. None of us picked him in the squad. Very deserving play. Very, very impressive. But I did not imagine us taking this number of loose forwards. Yeah, Marku van Staden is a brilliant player. But exactly that. I thought he was going to be one of the unlucky ones. And yeah, look, fantastic to see him there. I know you wanted your boy Marcel Kutsia there still, is that true? I, I knew it was over for Marcel. Sure. Yeah, I know he's great and we would have liked to have seen him. But yeah, I'm happy with the loose forwards. I mean, Sia Kalisi, Peter Steptotoy, Kwaka Smith, Dwayne, Jasper, Marco. I don't want to run into any of them. Yeah, me neither. But speaking of people you don't want to run into, Ivan Roos, he's been left out. He's on the standby list, but he will not be traveling with the squad. Tough calls for Ulrich Lowe as well. He was someone else used in this period of time but yeah Evan was the only one from the squad this year that played and and not included then we move over to the utility forwards Ronnie so we've briefly mentioned you know Franku Sos Mostert he's there he's offering cover at lock and at loose forward we have Dion Fury, so he's been included as a utility which clearly means he's there for six or two because those are the positions he's able to play untested at two though Ronnie what what do you make of that? Yeah, so we've said this now, untested, a little bit concerning, but he's going to have to play. He's going to have to play against Romania. I think we can expect him to play against Romania to give Malcolm and Bongi a bit of a rest. Yeah, and I mean, even before the World Cup, I think it's quite important that he gets some exposure in the two jersey. I know through the training ground photos, we've seen him training a lot with Malcolm, Bongi and Joseph, throwing at the line out, scrumming, but he's yet to be tested in a, in a match setup. Jean-Luc Dupriere, you know, he got his first Bach call-up, well, first test match time since 2018 in this weekend's game against Los Pumas. He's been in the squad a lot, not gotten much game time. And yeah, he's on the standby list as well. He will be traveling with the squad. So that's the forwards, Ronnie. It's it's a big pack that we've got there. 19 forwards. 19 forwards. To summarize it, it's five props, two hookers, four locks, six loose forwards, and two utilities. It's not a bad split. I feel like that's a forward pack we can win a World Cup with. I'm going to agree with you there. Forward pack. Forward pack. Just exclusively talking about the forwards. Only surprise for me, really, Thomas Detoy. That's that's how I would summarize those picks. Agreed. Then, Ronnie, we need to get on to the next set of players. That's the backs. So starting with scrum half. Now, this is one we're going to have to have a little bit of a chat about because the Springboks have included four scrum halves. I'm pretty sure they're going to be the only squad at the World Cup with this many scrum halves. I'm also saying scrum half so much to really emphasize that there's scrum halves in the World Cup squad. <laughs> Say scrum halves one more time. Scrum half. So, Ronnie, Faf de Klerk, Kurbus Rana, Grant Williams, and Jaden Hendrickson. Herschel Yankees, unlucky. Herschel's very unlucky. He really put his hand up this past weekend. But, yeah, Herschel is, is the one staying at home, the other four making the trip. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm just... I'm sure that Faf is probably going to be uh, touted as a potential 10, 
right? You know, he has played 10 for Sale, but four scrum halves. Why? Why? Yeah, well, I'm keen for you to tell us why, Ronnie, because everyone would have noticed from your squad that you actually only picked two. So I picked two because I thought I didn't know which forward to drop because I actually had 20 forwards, 13 backs, right? And I know that the common split is actually 19 14. I just couldn't bring myself to drop in one of the forwards, right? So for me, I wasn't sure who, who to do that to. And so I just left two scrum offs and thought, bloody hell, Ches and Colby can at a push play scrum off. But yeah, look, they've swung the other way. It's not two, it's not three, it's four scrum offs. But look, Faf can play Flav. We know that uh, Grant Williams can play wing. He's played wing for the Sharks. So maybe that gives us some options. But what you say there is now talking about another set of players that really can play a variety of positions. And when I looked at this squad, I thought, sure, this is the year of the utility. It really is. The squad we've picked has players that can play in a number of positions. You've got Trevor up front that can, can rotate. You know, John Klain's comfortable in both locking positions. You've got uh, Sos, you've got Peter Steftatoy, both can play at lock and at loose forward. You know, you've got guys across the park that can play all over the place. Now you're talking about Fafa 10, you're talking about Grant Williams on the wing. It's the year of the utility. It brings value to be able to play more than one position. Okay, yeah, look, four scrum offs, I don't know. It's going to be an intense shadow sessions at practice because you've got two scrum offs on either side, you know, passing in two different directions. It's going to be very intense for all the players. But yeah, I, just, I can't wrap my mind around the fact that we're taking four damn scrum offs. Yeah, four is definitely a lot. But the bot coaches know what they're doing, so we've got to trust in that. Then running over to fly half, which is probably the biggest concern going into the World Cup. And I want to dig into this a little bit. So Marnie Lubok is the only specialist fly half listed in the squad. Andre Pollard not making the cut. Massive loss not having Andre there. No, it's huge. And honestly, all everyone was saying that Andre would be back in a week or two. You know, we had a reliable source that told us, no, no, he's going to be back for the Welsh game. And we were all surprised. Moments leading up to the announcement. The rumor started circling, circling, you know, rugby pass somehow picked it up and I'd love to know who leaked the team sheet to them. And it's Andre Pollard. It's, I'm shocked. I don't know what to say. I'm also shocked, but I'm also, this is the one place where I feel like the box coaches really should be called out because last year at this time, we were still looking at bloody Johan Kruisen as a 10 and not including Marnie in the alignment camps, not including Marnie in the rugby championship squad. And here we are going into a World Cup with a fly half that only has six tests to his name, two of which are starts. Yeah, I agree with you. Monty Libok, they've done him a disservice, right? He should have definitely had more game time. This should have been seen as a possibility, especially since Andre's, Andre's injury didn't just happen last week. Yeah, it's been months now that he's been in and out. A little bit concerning, but like I said, I think Faf potentially fly off in Vietnam. Although I think that's probably a push. We're probably talking about Damien Willemse, right? Yeah. So interestingly enough, as you mentioned, Willemse is that previously in the squads of the whole of last year and this year, he's been listed as a fly half. This is the first time they've actually returned him to the utility tag. So literally one specialist fly half named in the squad. Bring back Mornay Stone. Mornay. It's not beyond the realm. I honestly believe we can win a World Cup with Mornay Stone, right? And he doesn't need to start. We can start with Marty Libok, right? And we can run right with Marty Libok. And then the last 20, 25 minutes, we bring uh, 
And in the last 20, 25 minutes, we can bring Mornay Stain on to kick uh, 300 uh, penalty goals. Yeah, there we go. So, Ronnie, then we need to take a hop over to the centres. We've included two specialist 12s in Andre Esterhazen and Damien Dialende. Lucanio, I'm missing out through injury. Yeah, so this is concerning for me, right? Because I am a big fan of Lucanio. I'm defensively and also just the little pop, pass around the back and all of the funny things that he can do. I've, I have big faith in him and I trusted him. And he's been injured, so he hasn't been in form lately. But look, I still thought that he was a given. I honestly believe that. And uh, I couldn't believe it when they didn't announce him today. So tw- two 12s. Two 12s. Jesse Creel's also listed as a center only now, not as a utility. So Jesse Creel's at outside center. Sure, that's great. But does that mean he's going to, he's our starting 13? It means Jesse's our starting 13. I can't recall in my memory Andre Esterhazen ever wearing the 13 jersey, nor Damien Dialende. But maybe that's something we're going to see thrown out against Wales. Yeah, but it's, see, I think rugby's changed over the last 25 years. Back in the day, you had two centers and they could alternate. And you could have a 12 playing 13 and a 13 playing 12. But it's so specialized these days. You have a big, burly 12 ready to crash the ball up in a 13 that's, that's got a bit of pace on the outside. And Akvietni, you can't just make a 12. You can't turn a 12 into a 13. Yeah, so. especially with the box defensive pattern. Because it requires a pacey 13 with the ability to really read that game. So, yeah, very sad for Lukanya. It's turned out that he's got a, a knee injury. Expected to be out for four weeks. So he's missing the cut there. Probably four weeks being a very optimistic outlook on the injury that he is carrying. But he's traveling with them. He is traveling with them. Something I also thought, which is not on the team sheet, but that could be a thought in the, in the coach's process. Kenyon Moody is a fairly large winger. Yeah, Maybe um, they consider him in the, the 13 shirt. I thought about that this afternoon, but I don't know if I would trust such a youngster at 13. Although, although, Franz Stein, 19 years of age, played 12 and we won in 07. That, but also look at how well Kenyon read the game this weekend. How many hits he made on the kick and chase. How many hits he made behind the game line. So maybe maybe that's something that is within the coach's thinking at the moment. Maybe, but yeah, I would be concerned if that happens, but maybe. Maybe even just for like the Romania game. But then, Ronnie, onto the outside backs. We've also selected a number of players here that really surprised me because we've got a specialist fullback and four wingers. Well, Cheslin can also play fullback. Cheslin and Kirtley can both play fullback. So we've got Vili LaRue making his third World Cup appearance. Cheslin, Colby, Mapimpi both getting their second. And then Kirk Lee, Aronsa, and Kanan Moody. They are at their first World Cup. Kanan, only 20 years old. Look, very explosive. It's going to be fantastic to see our four really pacey wingers. And very exciting. Billy LaRue, I'm glad he's there. You know, I've had my ups and downs with Billy. Sometimes I've liked him, sometimes I haven't. But I trust him now. I do really trust him. And I think especially the omission of Andre Pollard. Uh, Marnie Lipbrook's probably going to have to rely a lot on Vili LaRue or whoever, be it Damien or Marnie that plays Flyhoff for us. They're going to heavily rely on, on Vili. Yeah, the value of Vili definitely went up in the absence of Pollard. But then, Ronnie, last player of the 33, we have Damien Willemser included as a utility. He's there to cover 10, 12, and 15, maybe 13 at a push. Maybe 13. So Damien also at his second World Cup. I'm generally happy with the squad, Ronnie. They will face their first game on the 10th of September. Yeah. 
So leading up to the World Cup squad, I was of the opinion that be a number of disappointed players that that deserve to be there. Andre Estazen, looking at you, Dion Ferry perhaps as well. But they're in now, and I, I, I'm not sad that they're in. I'm very excited for the squad that we have. Obviously, would have been a little bit more happier with Andre Pollard and Lucanio Am, but it is what it is, and I'm happy with the squad in general. Yeah, so just to clarify, the traveling list of standby players is Lucanio Am, Andre Pollard, Joseph Dueba, Thomas Detoy, and Jean-Luc Dupria. Ivan Ruiz is then staying at home, Gerard Stienkamp and Herschel Yankees all staying at home. Ronnie, in terms of experience, nine of this squad are playing in their third Rugby World Cup. You know, that's a good amount of experience. That would have been 2015, 2019, and now. Then you've got 12 of the guys that are playing in their second World Cup. You've got Jean Klein, who was there for Ireland in 2019, plus 11 who have played twice for the box now. And then 11 guys in their first World Cup. Yeah, it's a good mixture, right? We've got some youth in there. Got a lot of toppies, but it's okay. We're here to win the World Cup. We're not thinking about the years to come. Nope, we're not. So I think the biggest the biggest concern on the squad or biggest thought on the squad is that we need to see Sia Khaleesi get some game time. Yes. I think that's very important before the World Cup gets underway. And we really need to hit the ground running in Marseille when we take on Scotland. Absolutely. And we've got we've got some serious warm-ups as well. So we've got Wales. We've got uh, 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 the All Blacks. And I'm really concerned. I'm really concerned about, I don't want to say the word, but I'm going to register knock on wood here real quick. And uh, the injuries. Yeah. That could potentially come out of those guys. Because those are two huge games, very difficult games to, to get out of Scots free. Yeah. And I mean, Jake White pulling a stat out, I haven't, haven't checked the accuracy of it, but saying, you know, 30% of players on a standby list end up at the World Cup anyway. So, yeah, look, it's always happened. Trevor Nikoni, right? Thomas came in. What's that? Trevor got injured. Thomas came in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that happened in the first week or the first game. So we expect injuries. And I wonder if Rossi's playing a bit of chess and not checkers here. Knowing full well that certain players that have been omitted are going to make it into the squad. Yep. Well, Ronnie, we're going to have to wait and see that. Guys, there's no rugby on for the box this weekend. So it's a bit of a break for everybody. But that's the last of it, because then it's full steam ahead into the World Cup. Speaking of the World Cup, our Super Brew Pool is almost on 1,400 brews now. We're really glad that you guys are joining us. For those tuning in who haven't yet joined, please do, guys. The pool code is SMOGDEAL. That's S-M-O-G-D-E-A-L. Or you can get it on our socials. And come and play with us, guys. And that's a wrap, guys. And Bills. If you enjoyed this episode and didn't mind our terrible puns, please do us a solid and smash that like button. Remember, subscribing to our podcast may not make you a better rugby player, but it will make you more knowledgeable around the bry while screaming at the TV. We might not have the biceps of a prop or the speed of a winger, but we've got enough rugby banter to keep you entertained for the entire season. Grab it up, light the bry, and we'll catch you back here next Wednesday. Mm-hmm.